come to tales from the abyss, the most unfiltered, uncut, unpretentious, the greatest celebration of freedom of speech in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Tell him, Jay. Folks, it's that time again. It's time for another episode of Tales from the Abyss. I am Jay Linderman, along with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Padwell Rojo. Tonight, we're going to kind of get away from our director series, where we were talking about our favorite films from certain directors, some classics. Tonight, we're going to go back to another classic, actually a new classic, something that was just released on uh, Netflix late, late last week. And with that, bro, I'm going to pass it over to you. Why don't you tell us folks what we're doing tonight? Jay, what we're doing tonight, we're going to be discussing Netflix, um, Master of the Universe, and some people are going to hate us for it, and some people are going to love us for it, because it has a love and hate relationship, but it, it has been receiving a lot of hate. Yeah, I, you, know, you know, and because of it, um, I was a member of one of those fan pages online on Facebook, and uh, I got out of it, man. It was getting relentless. Was it a, was it a Master of the Universe page? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, it was bad, man. There's people that absolutely love it, and then there's people that absolutely hate it. There's no, there's no black man. It's black and white, love or hate. Yeah, it's, 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 this show is either you like it or you don't like it. And I think, uh, uh, you know, as things evolve, they, they were not, they had no interest in doing a one-off. They wanted to do a whole arc. Right, right. It, it, you know what? And to be honest, when I watched it, it's, uh, I don't understand the hate, to be honest with you. Same here. I think they call it woke. Um, well, there's so much of this woke stuff going on that they're calling it woke he-men and they're calling it uh, woke motus and, and it, all kinds of stuff. But uh, we're going to take it step by step, starting with uh, the power of Grayskull as episode number one. And yeah. we begin the episode with King Rander and Queen Marlena as they are going to be knighting um, Tila as the new man-at-arms. Right, right, yep. Something uh, I thought was pretty cool. I mean, they, they pretty much acknowledged that Tila had kind of, uh, uh, you know, not maybe as done as much in the original series, so now she's getting her just due. And... Yeah, and they're taking her, they're making her a, a, a total badass, and on the other one, she was more ladylike. Right, right, but you gotta remember, too, though, in the old 80s show, there's a lot of rules that they had to follow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Time yeah, change. I, you know, like, He-Man couldn't kill anybody. No. Uh, yeah. The violence had to be subdued. The villains had to be comical. So, with Tila being more ladylike, like you said, um, it makes a lot of sense. But um, this one, they made a, Kevin Smith made a deal with them that all characters were uh, were pretty much up for grab, uh, of course, except for, for He-Man and Skeletor. Right, right. It, you know, Kevin Smith is probably the most famous fanboy on Earth. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is. Yeah, you know, he's big into comic. I mean, he owns his own comic book store. I yeah. mean, and uh, he's very vocal uh, on and off camera about the things that he loves and the things that, that he hates. And he's not, a, he hasn't been afraid to call out um, stuff, especially when it comes to, like I said, comic books and so forth. So, you know, for him, when he announced he was doing Masters of the Universe, I thought he was perfect. For I was it. excited. I was excited. 
Yeah, me too, man. So, you know, I haven't watched the original series in decades. So, I, you know, when I heard that news, I went back and watched it. And it, it, it it's still cheesy. It's yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so Skeletor, Skeletor announces himself as the Lord of Destruction, right. and in a scene on the uh, on this uh, in this series, he gets blasted with a laser beam at his chest. Right. And Cringer, of course, he goes he goes inside a bubble because he's scared. Oracle puts him in there, and they got to get him out. And uh, in the middle of all this mayhem, the sorcerer is defending Grayskull. But Skeletor right. has an army and is making all kinds of silly demands to call their champion. In this case, their champion being uh, He-Man, who is uh, in real life. Well, not in real life, but <laughs> he is Prince Adam. Yeah, uh, the, the son of the king and queen, man. And um, a big part, uh, especially in the older series, a big part of the story huge part of the story and right there and then men at arms the as the battle intensifies outside gray school men are armor and beast men are going at it oh yeah man they're having a brawl yep and skeletor attacks Thela at the heart of the castle where all the magic go through before reaching eternia right uh-huh and skeletor is calling this the final battle yeah, and it's only the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's only his first episode. And Mossman, uh, he interferes only to end up ashes as Skeletor burns him alive. Right. And this is a move that makes He-Man go absolutely berserk. Yeah, he goes nuts. And he gets that sore, and he, as he's going to carve it right through uh, Skeletor, and he does, it goes right through the... um. The Halls of Wisdom. And right. he accidentally opens the door with his sword. Yep. And you know what? I mean, for the first episode, man, there's a lot of mayhem going on. Yeah. Uh, it's it almost kind of like, you know, Kevin Smith and company were like, uh, were. hey, we got to start this sucker off with a bang. And they did. Oh, did they? I mean, not only did they set up the characters but we you know one of the great things about the series is that we got to see characters that one you know people don't talk about much or two you, you never saw in the original animated series at all no 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 and no, they, they show up in this first episode they do they do show up in this first episode and once again the sauce the sorcerer is about to tell tila the secret which we all know that that's her mother right but uh Things happen, and she gets interrupted once again. Like always, it seems yes. like. <laughs> and that's when He-Man goes into damage control by 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 separating the swords, but ends up uh, disappearing with Skeletor. Right. And what do you? How do you think that thing went? They the the king King Randolphson. Uh, Men at arms one night into the 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 castle Grayskull to take care of something, and he ended up falling in love with a sorcerer. And yeah, you know, I, he had I a scotch, scotch and water. Know, because Men at Arms is a pretty loyal guy. Yeah, and, or from what it seems, I mean, you can't help what happens, I guess. But I mean, he's a loyal, you know, figure. Yep. Uh, to the king and queen. 
queen. So I, I, it's hard to imagine how that happened. But his loyalty is questioned as man right. at arms informs the king and queen of the passing of Heman. Which is also the passing of Prince Adam. As the queen informs the king, we have lost our son. And next thing you know, man at arms is vanished, man. He is stripped. Yes, he is and, stripped. And then Tila, you know, who the episode was kind of all about, about her being honored or whatever, you know, <clears throat> and she gets pissed off because, um, she gets pissed off because she was she felt like she was lied to as well because yeah. Adam never told her. But here's the thing: when the when the uh, when the the show stars, they tell you only four people know of uh, or only four know of his secret. Right. Orko, Cringer, Man at Arms, and the Saucer. But now there was a fifth person. In this case, the Queen. Could that be something to do with the story later on? It could be, man. That's actually an excellent point. Uh, yeah, because that that cut my that cut my eye when I was looking at it, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" In the beginning, they tell you, you got to notice stuff like this. Right. I mean, who knows? I mean, this whole you know first these first five episodes, uh, you know, because they you know they got another five coming out. I think at the beginning of the year. Of oh, they're gonna make they're gonna yeah, make us I, wait that long. I don't know. From what I read, it was January 2022. Oh, Lord. So. Okay. So from there, <laughs> we go to the, poise, the Poison Chalice. Chalice. Second episode, yeah. Second episode. And we find Tila and Andra encountering... New character, by the way. <laughs> yeah, which is the, the, the character that started all this controversy because they believe that Tila and her are lesbians. Like, two cartoon characters, who cares? I mean... It's not like anybody that's complaining is going to end up dating. He's a cartoon character. Well, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but I've never really saw that, though. No, I, you know, it, it's just what people feel. People feel that they were too close and that they were, yeah. that she told her where you go, I go. And they were like, like, like their eye contact. That's what, that's what I read into. I mean, it, it could be. Maybe that's another plot point for the second half. You know? Maybe and uh, maybe and then again, uh, um, Tila had the same hairdo that uh, uh, Carano had in uh, in uh, The Mandalorian. Oh yeah, with kind of like that shade side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they yeah, find Stinker, who's another uh, mer uh, mercenary now. Uh huh. But they're looking the glove of Gloveria. <laughs> And then they encounter Magestra, played by Evil Lynn. That's right, Evil Lynn came back. Who hires them to be mercs and go into Snake Mountain and get the goblet that has a yep. sentimental value. Which, by the way, this little plot point sets up Tila going back to her past. Yes, sir. That was that was something that in here that they were studying what they were doing. They were not playing around. They were they were really putting together one hell of a puzzle. Oh yeah, Eveline. Eveline was big part of this story. Oh, huge, huge, especially towards the end. Yeah, I mean, 
towards the end, which we'll get to. But yeah, big, big part of the story. So when they arrive at Snake Mountain, which this happens to be some of my favorite scenes in the whole series, they encounter this cult run by uh, Triclops <laughs> and right. his enforcer, Trapjaw, which is my favorite villain in the uh, in the series. And they're serving this magic brew to help embrace Mother Boar. <laughs> and just, they're serving it in the goblet. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man, that's another character that kind of got often overlooked. Yes. Because, I mean, he creates this cult because Skeletor is gone, so everybody's pretty much, they don't have nobody to answer to. Right. So he creates his weird religion and the machines are taking over because magic is overrated and it's about time that magic disappears. Right. So. I mean, I, mean, I think it's. You're talking about being well thought out. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Very well thought and very imaginative for what, you know, what you're talking about the magic being gone and doing something else and triclops holding this and that. And I tell you what, man. The thing is, when I first watched this second episode, I'm kind of thinking to myself, boy, this series already took a big turn. Yeah. I mean, we went from that first episode where you kind of got to see all the people you wanted to see. Probably didn't necessarily get the best ending you wanted to see, which all the haters, you know, they're probably mouthing off at. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't get the ending you wanted to see because it's coming on the second, uh, on the second arc of the story. Right, and then you get the second episode, and you take that big turn. All of a sudden, it becomes Tila's story and her journey. Yep, but the thing is that they they get the goblet and they return to uh, they return it to Magestra, mm -hmm. and Magestra wants to hire them to go to Grayskull. And that's, that's when right. there's that moment of embrace that rocked the Modus universe when Tila and uh, and Andra look at each other in the eye, and everybody thought it was a romance. Yeah, and then everybody went nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason why they went, uh, they went back to, uh, they wanted them to go to Grayskull was because the sorcerer, who was basically banishing for the lack of magic, wanted to see her daughter one more time. That's right, yeah, yeah. What you mean, rightfully so. Yeah, and that's when they, uh, I think... Uh, Andra and uh, and Tila knew that they were dealing with uh with Evil Lean, but they were playing around because they had nothing better to do. Might as well. You yeah, know they mean? were mercs, so they had to do what mercs do and take jobs. Yep. And they and they get explained that they have to find the the swords and unite them to keep the power going. Yep, gotta get that power back up because apparently all the power and magic was escaping Eternia. Yep, to the world of uh, in different uh, realms of dimensions. That's right. Yep, which we will see later on. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh once again when the sorcerer almost reveals that she is her mother, but not quite. Not quite. And, and <laughs> Cringer, Cringer gets uh, some kind of an Emmy or a <laughs> for his uh, his performance convincing Tila. To go into this uh, journey. That's right. Because he probably stole the, the show. Probably, probably the most cringers ever talked ever. Like, yeah, and he just turned into, it was a Shakespearean uh, uh, performance. Man, because he's mainly known for, you know, being absolutely terrified of everything. 
everything, everything until until that uh, until Heman puts that sword on him and turns him into a battle cat. Oh, buddy! So this takes us, Jay, to I would say my favorite episode: the most dangerous men in Eternia. I mean, he, I mean, it opens with a flashback, a, ba- a battle in the sea with uh, with Merman and Skeletor. They have Tila and He-Man tied up, and Man-at-Arms comes with this special device through the water, mm-hmm. breathing and, and, and uh, sending laser beams all over the place, and that is just, that is just incredible how much, how much they have done with him in this, in this uh, arc. For this series, I forgot the name of the animation house. I think they did the Castlevania mm-hmm. uh, series on Netflix. Yeah, that's that's but what they, did it. But they did a very good job animating Masters of the Universe, like an excellent job. No, this was this was a superb production. And, and the reason I say that because you know the scene you were just talking about in the third episode, uh, that's a great example. Yeah. It, it looks really good. It's not too flashy or glossy, but yet it's not too cheesy or campy no. looking. It's, it's just right there, right in between. And they made him like half Iron Man, half uh, Special Forces Commando. Yep. And he's got all kinds of gadgets. Yep. So now and coming out of the um, out of this flashback. Mm-hmm. Guess who returns? Triclop returns to attack the village in which oh, yes. Man of Arms is spending his days in exile. <laughs> Triclops riding that damn high horse again. That's <laughs> a whole the cyber holy wars. Yeah, for for the horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, they have four eyes for him, so it'd be alright. <laughs> uh huh. But Andra and Tila and Eveline join Man of Arms to defeat him with a little help from uh, Beast Man, who appears in a. He does his best John Cena impersonation, saying, uh, reminding Triclops that he can't see me. (laughs) 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 He says, with all them eyes, and you still can't see me. Speaking of John Cena, I know he just came back to wrestling for a little bit. I do, and I got to go see him on August 14. It's not my choice. It's just that he happens to be at the event that I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to a super show, and he happens to be headlining the the 15 shows that he's doing this summer. Oh wow! Right. Yeah, I bought the I ticket. Might, I, I, might meet the guy, so. I didn't know, but but I wanted to see Roman Reigns and the rest of them guys, so that'll be good. Yeah, Roman Reigns is awesome. He's yeah. heavily underrated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great wrestler. Yep. So the lady but, has a uh, man at arms to help them forge the swords together. Okay. And that's when he gets on his knee and tells his daughter to please uh, forgive him for all the lies. Which was a, a complete emotional moment. Yeah, and Evelyn just played it down, saying enough with all this uh, nonsense or soap opera or whatever. I mean, think about it. Men in arms, like, you know, I said before, is a very loyal man. He's also a very proud man. Um, and before that, I mean, 
nowhere that I can think of before have you ever seen men at arms get emotional like that, especially with his daughter. Yeah, yeah, because this is the closest that he's ever been. I mean, he's leaving in exile, and then he lost the, the thing that he loved the most, his daughter. Yes, I mean, the man's going through a hard time, so I guess as soon as he saw her, he probably had it running through his mind, I need to absolutely, completely apologize for yep. everything that happened. Uh -huh. And guess who's leaving with him? Who's that? Orko. <laughs> That's right. And this robotic, this robotic, it's like a three tripio that actually is uh is Roboto. A Roboto that is worthy of uh of being his right hand. Well, you know, um, we we're talking about those fan pages earlier. A lot of those people were saying that Roboto was their favorite character so far. In this in this series? Yeah. Wow. Now, that's probably the same ones that hated the series, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> we might get a lot of hate comments after this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially when I close it down and you close it down and I give my final opinion on it. Ah, right, well, let's keep going, brother. So they're going through their journey through the Sea of Crystal. And then guess who appears? Merman appears with the Sea League. <laughs> and Evil Lee oh. calls him a treacherous trout. So, but she's trying to get him back. That's the only reason why she's going in this journey. I mean, she's, she's, she's. Oh, I know that, but yeah. we don't know that, you know, hardly in the beginning. No, no. Yeah. And let's not forget Beastman. Beastman joins him. He's, he's there with them. That's right. And he looks amazing in this show, by the way. Yep. And then once again, the, uh, the, the, the theme of, of, uh, these evil characters doing their one liner in their entrance gets, once again, they get, They get hit with a, a laser beam. In this case, Merman gets hit. Yes. And Man at Arms makes his uh his Iron Man suit the boot. He happens to show up wearing this Iron Man costume. He's got he's got cannons coming out of his arms. He's got oh, missiles yeah, and yeah, shooting lasers out of his arms. Man. Yeah, and it was nasty. He's my favorite character in the show. Yep. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like the look of the original series. They just added some gadgets. Right, right. And yeah, Men in Arms was great. Absolutely. So Beastman, he offers to fillet and defeat Merman. <laughs> <laughs> Because Merman got way too smart with, uh, with Evil Lean. Right. And then Evil Lean, as Merman is defeated, he, she makes him an offer he can refuse. Help them, or she would let him rot to the point that the seagulls won't eat him. <laughs> <laughs> she drives a hard bargain. Yeah, so he has yeah. no choice, but he says uh, once he helps them to the to stand before the gates of uh, Saturnia, he says the the sea never forgets, and he goes back into the ocean. And that was it. That was it. And this takes us to the. Um, 
the land of the dead. That's right, fourth episode. Mm-hmm. And this is the one, the fourth episode, in my opinion. Um, I love this episode just for the simple fact is that Orko is not made to look like a bitch. No, Orko finally uh, gets a little bit of magic going, and unfortunately... And by the way, if you have not seen the series and you're a hardcore fan, we're talking about spoilers. Well, we kind of have to if we're going to cover this whole thing. I mean, so. it's the only way to go about it, yeah. But I, I, I when I release the uh, the episode and all that, I'm going to put spoiler sticker. Well, I mean, let's look at it now, okay? Uh, first of all, is it this episode or the third episode where we see evil in without our helmet? Is is uh, I believe it might be this episode. Where, I think uh, it's this episode, but I mean that's the first time we've ever seen it. Yeah, I thought she had black hair. No, she's she's a silver fox. Yep, she's <laughs> <laughs> a silver fox. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, but what I was getting at earlier was you know Orko um, really kind of shows his heart and soul, and it, it literally puts his life on the line. Yeah, and he had a moment of clarity. He said, man, I've been a failure. They named me, my parents named me. Uh, that's not my real name. Yeah. I think his real name was Orgon, right? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, and Evelyn said because they were expecting greatness for him, but all his magic and all his potions and all his things turned out to be a disaster. Oh, yeah. And all that is is really just building up the action Orko does. Mm-hmm. It builds up the drama. It builds up about what he's about to do for, you know, Tila and his crew there. Yep, and he takes on that man that man and his magic, and he says, uh, he can't scare me. I'm not afraid yep. of him. And he faces them on till they all try to help him, but they have no magic. Oh, I know. Evil try to help him, but they, they yep. she said, we have to help him. He can't do it alone. That's right. Yeah, even Lynn tried to get in and help him too. I yeah, mean, but we had all kinds of uh, twists and turns. So, but, but I do love how they wrote Orko in this episode. Like I was saying, they, you know, Orko gets down on himself, but then, but then he does this heroic act, and then unexpectedly, you have Evil Lynn trying to help him, and we and, we end up losing Orko. Yeah, we lose Orko. I mean, if, yeah. you, if you didn't drop a tear for this when you're not human. I was, you know, I'm 42. Um, <laughs> I watched the show, you know, back in the 80s, first run syndication, right? Yep. And here it is, 40 years, you know, 30, 40 years later, and I saw Orko, Orko die. I was like, no way that just happened. <laughs> you, I mean, do you think they're going to bring him back or this is just temporary? I think he's going to, I think they will find a way to bring, I think this whole negativity stuff that's being spewed towards this first half of the first season has to do with, because simple, simply for the fact that the bad guys win, you know? Yeah. And this never happened before with Heeman. Right. And I mean, Sure, we saw, you know, Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, you know, something like that. But, like, this was huge because this was a series that millions of people and fans were waiting on. (laughs) And then not only do the bad 
bad guys win, but Adam dies twice. Twice. And Kevin Smith actually went out and made fun of it in his Netflix show. Oh, I did see some of that, yeah. I mean, but he's he's right. He's 100% correct. And that's why you got to think, all the haters out there, man, you got to think, you still got another five episodes. You still got another half of the season. And hatred was hatred was pouring into the point where Kevin Smith has has just ended up uh, tweeting out that we just edited the five the the second five episodes and the battles with uh with He Man and uh, Skeletor are epic. I believe him. So relax, he says. So relax. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. But you know what? This series could have been one hundred and ten percent perfect all the way around uh -huh. and somebody's gonna hate it oh yeah i mean it's just the, the the fact that it was uh it was that big of a of a of a commotion what people did all i can say is hey look everybody's entitled to their opinion like we say in the beginning of every show you know celebration freedom of speech that's right you know so i get it but at the same time <laughs> you shouldn't put down the ones that like it Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> what difference does it make? That's somebody else's taste. Yeah. So yeah. so from here we go to the uh, the forge at the forest of, of forever. Final episode. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, for the first half anyway. For the first half. And I really like this because of two reasons. One, in this episode, we see hero. Uh huh. And we see King Grayskull. Finally. Yeah, finally. I've been hearing the dude's name and comic books and whatever for so long, and here he is. Yeah, we we never knew what he looked like. We never knew nothing about him. Nothing. Not one thing. And then we and also we had that early saucer that she's like one of the. Uh, she's like I don't know if you ever seen the show Peaky Blinders. I've heard of it. Never watched it. Well, she's like one of those Irish uh, people that travel in the woods that you can't understand their English or their Irish, that nobody can understand them. Uh, See, they okay. made they made her like that, like one of the gypsies from that show. Right. That everybody agrees with them because they're giving them an order, but nobody knows what the hell they're saying. Right. <laughs> so, and then you had that big uh, Conan the Barbarian looking dude. He was one of the former heroes. Yeah. I mean, God, there's so much going on in this episode. I'm, I'm racking my brain because they're on, what, Preternia, right? Yep. Yeah, because, you know, Tila gets there and... It's like, uh, supposed to be heaven. Right, and, you know, she sees Adam, mm -hmm. you know, uh, roaming around, uh, hero and King Grayskull, like we just mentioned. And, yeah, like, it's, it's supposed to be heaven, and then... Towards the end of the episode, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, no, and, and King Grayskull let him know, if you go back, there's a chance that you may not come back. And so did Mossman. Mossman told him. Yep. And Adam being Adam, he's going with his friends. Yeah, he said, uh, I go where Tila goes. Right. He was not going to betray Tila. He knew Tila needed him. Yeah, um, she needed something. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not even going to start with this thing. <laughs> She needed a friend. She needed her 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 friend from from back in Eternia, from back in the good old days. 
Right. They grew yeah, up like yeah. they grew up like brother and sister. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're definitely um, one and the same for the most part. Yeah. So then we find out that uh, Skeletor has been inside that uh, that skull that Evil Lean is carrying around. That staff. The staff. Yeah. Skeletor slays him again. Skeletor arrives just in time and stabs him. <laughs> Skeletor is disgusting. And by <laughs> this point, all the fanboys shit their pants. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they kill him twice. Yeah, twice. Because right there, everybody's expecting him to turn and to save the day, and everything's going to be like one big-ass fest at the uh, at Eternia with magic floating around all over the place. <laughs> but what you have is once again you have Adam dead in the floor. Yeah, and that's pretty much how. Oh, and then by the way, Evil Lynn goes back to Skeletor. Mm-hmm. And I forget the line she uses, but she says something to him as she's walking off, and it's just kind of like you know, lady, that's cold blooded. <laughs> yep, and he gets the the power of the universe once again. Yep, and that was the most metal. Metal thing ever. <laughs> Skeleton. Yeah, that was impressive. Like, I was, uh, man, I was, I was, I was like blown away when he appears on, on the top of the Grayskull Castle with his horns and everything. Do you think that whole Skeleton thing there at the end, that's kind of a nod or a throwback to the Masters of the Universe movie, you know, at the end with Skeletor opens I, up the great eye? I believe so. Do you think so? I that's, think that, cool. that, that's what that's what it, it it came across when I when I was looking at it. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, because the movie I feel like the fanboys on <laughs> right now getting upset at that movie. The only thing that upset me about that movie was that they went to Earth. Like I wanted to see a Master of the Universe movie where they just stay in Eternia. Well, it's hard to make a hundred million dollar movie on a ten million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, but when I was like, I was that young, I didn't know any better. Yeah, that's where I where I went to see it, and and that was my only complaint about it. I didn't like the fact that they were filming parts on Earth. Hey, look, if you want to talk about Skeletor, you have to mention Frank Langella as Skeletor in that movie. Oh, absolutely, because he was actually he actually took it seriously. Oh man, he was perfect, like his words and everything, the way mm -hmm. he spoke. Yeah, he was he was like I've seen the documentary on it, and he's talking about it, and he's like, I mean, he went all out for it. Yeah, yeah. And with all that, have you seen him in the documentary where he's like acting all like, I didn't know about doing that. Like people get cast on that and they get look a certain way. Yeah. Like, man, I you do. should be grateful that they were picking you to do that. Oh, I know. Because, I mean, at the time, Dolph Lundgren, man, he was a hot commodity. He was coming off Rocky IV. Rocky IV. And then, uh, you know, well, of course, you got to think about it, too. I think I heard Dolph Lundgren say this himself, you know. Back then, it wasn't as cool to be a superhero or a toy. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that wasn't the thing to do back in the, 
you know, mid to late 80s. Mid, mid to late 80s, you had to be in films like, you know, Rambo or Commando or whatever movie was out there. Platoon or... <laughs> yeah, so he probably got paid what he wanted to get paid. Mm-hmm. That was that. But, you know, the movie's low budget and, you know, 90% of it takes place on Earth. Yeah, the people that were more excited about that movie was Mattel because they made a few uh, new action figures for them. Oh, I know. And, you know, I remember those movie figures and I never had one. And I've always no. wanted one. I never had one. I always had. I had uh, I had many faces. I had uh, Merman. I had Beastman. I had uh, I never had Man at Arms, believe it or not. The cat. I never had the castle, and I never had the cat. I had Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain at one point. You know when I owned the cat? Was that? A few weeks back when I went to uh, Walmart, and I found it, and I took it. I don't blame you. That was my first time ever owning the cat. And I, I got a Panther, too. Is it still the same material? No, as no, 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 no. The new Panther is nothing more than a, a piece of plastic. Yes, purple and with the a yellow eyes. It was like a suede kind of different feel. Yeah, like, the other one was magical, man. It was suede. Yeah, and then the original State Mountain had that microphone. Yeah. You know, like do voices in it and shit, and, you know, at, at like your Skeletor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the snake had the eyes like Michael Jordan, like some glowing jello. Which is weird because the State Mountain place that looked Nothing like the one in the cartoon. No, <laughs> no, the one in the cartoon is awesome. Yeah, the playset one had like big eyes and a mouth, and it had that cool microphone. But other than that, you're like, the hell is this? Looks like something from Crawl. Yeah, <laughs> I go to Walmart and I find that castle. They say they're going to release that castle again in September. Well, if you find it, if I were you, if you can find one, pick it up. Oh, man, I'll be putting all the groceries back and picking that sucker up. Yeah, big time. Oh, man, I always wanted to have that castle. Yeah, you know what the sad thing is? All my Masters of the Universe, He-Man stuff, figures and stuff, I have no clue what happened to them. Oh, mine, I gave them away to kids. I have no clue. I gave them away to the sons of my uh, of my friends. Yeah, because I never look at it as a collector. I just look at something that I played when I was a kid. Oh, I mean, if you were a collector, you would have kept them in the packages. Oh, yeah, no. And if I was a collector, I would have I had those things right now. They're worth a fortune even open. Oh, I know. I know. I remember telling my mom and dad that, and they just looked at me funny. I'm like, you're the one that got rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm like, we all could be sitting on something. That's okay. Wow. So, <laughs> but, Jay, uh, final... Uh, Final comments on it. What did you like? What kind of things turned you off from for it? From it, the things that I liked is, believe it or not, I liked the twists and turns that it took. I liked the chances it took. The the storytelling, right? Yeah, mm, which is uh, what upsets everybody. Yeah, mm. uh, man. I mean, do 
where He Man gives a PSA announcement, like, yeah, he says, <laughs> don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> then I he mean, writes in his motorcycle and his uh, jet ski, yeah. flying jet ski. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, do you want an episode where He Man can't hurt or kill or do anything with anybody? Everything's always inadvertent, you know what I mean? No. Yeah, I mean, it's modern age, and now that we can have that stuff, and, you know, Kevin Smith and his, uh, you know, room of writers, they came up with something to keep it fresh, but also keep it familiar. Mm-hmm. And, but overall, if, out, of ten, out of 10 stars, I'd give it a solid 8. Um, I really liked it. I mean, there's some points in it where... I think towards the end of the second episode, I was kind of getting not really disinterested, but kind of like, okay, what's going to happen? Right. But other than that, I mean, I thought it was good. It was fun, man. It, it was, I had a good time watching this. I really did. A lot of memories came back, and a lot of it may be nostalgic for me, and, and I get it. But at the same time, I'm also a fan of storytelling and animation. And the storytelling, in my opinion, was great. I mean, it took chances, and that's what, in my opinion, I think that's what was needed. It it took me on a on a on a roller coaster ride, joy ride. I enjoyed it, and I think that it it was made by a man who grew up a, a fan of this when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And his views on it and where he wanted to take it, um, it was a combination of his love for it when he was young. In his his ability to be a director as an adult, right? If you understand what I'm saying, because it's, 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 I'm not the best person to to describe it, but that's that's the only way that I can describe it. It's it's like him telling a story of something that he really loves, but he's telling it through the perspective of himself now as an adult, instead of looking back at it as as the way that he saw it back then. Yes, that's 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 the only re- the only thing that I can come up with. Me myself, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, and because uh, I look at it through that same perspective. Now I'm an adult, or my version of an adult, some kind of an adult, and I looked at it a, a bit different. It's not it's not you know for me, I probably would have enjoyed it less had it been one one. I mean, I would have enjoyed it regardless because I've been waiting for it for a long time, but. You know, the fact that they put such an awesome story behind it, storytelling, and it was so well done with the way they put everything and they did flashbacks and just <clears throat> even the, the, the eye for detail that they took. Even remember when Evil Lean was going into the um into that dark passage place and she puts the skull on top of this beheaded uh yep. thing that is like meditating? Yep. That was so cool. You know, another big problem that people are having with this show is that there's not enough He-Man. Well, yeah, they after the first episode, and uh, they cut him off all the way to the last one. Yeah, and I get it. You know, people think Master of the Universe, you think He-Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand completely, but, I mean, it's almost like people have lost sight that there's another five episodes. I mean, I'm almost to the point now where I told you that I don't collect comic books, but I'm this tempted to go to the comic book store just to see if I can find some of uh, the man-at-arms comic books that have to be out there. Oh, my gosh. You know, the uh, prequel comic series, um, it just, 
was released and it sold out quick. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm interested as well. But overall, I, like I said, I had a fun time with the series, man. I don't, you know. I I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I'll take whatever hatred people send my way because I really liked it. Yeah, and you know, the Netflix has supposedly got another He-Man series that's coming out soon too, a different one. Really? Yeah, look it up. Maybe it's, uh, it's called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, not Masters of the Universe Revelation. Wow, who's doing this? I have no idea, but the animation looks like a lot like uh, like an anime type stuff. They said they had one like that in the past, right? Uh, what, an anime? In Netflix. I don't think so. Yeah, that's that's what I read. Netflix had one in the past. Oh, okay. Yeah, based on the uh the 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 uh the action figures that came out like ten or fourteen years ago that, that were done by this company, American company that made them like they made them real cool. I forgot what they're called. They called themselves the horsemen or something. series not the one in out of space oh no that's the late 80s that's yeah, like yeah. 89 yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That was terrible yeah yeah it's the one from 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 the the 2000s yes yeah that was a good series though yeah that was a good series that everybody liked that's the only one that i know from netflix huh well they got another one coming supposedly so well I'll, I'll, I'll be very interested in maybe this is the one where they're going to give them the 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 one-off and little stories that people are looking for Because let me tell you that I got the comics here, like the trades. I got the trades from all the recent stuff that they have done, including the one that they did uh, with the Sundercats, the crossover. Yeah, which is, I did read that line. Mm -hmm. That was really good. That was really good. And that wasn't, that wasn't for kids. No, not at all. It was pretty violent. Yeah, and people enjoyed it when it came out. I remember that people were very, very big into it. Well, see, that's another property, man. If Masters of the Universe takes off, are they going to do Thundercats? I hope because the last time they did a Thundercats series, I think it was in Adult Swim. Was that Thundercats Roar? Uh, I think so. It was. It was a real ni nice one that explained the whole story, retold the entire oh, story. Yeah, that was from like eight, nine years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that was real good. I know the uh, the Silverhawks are coming back. Oh Lord, they can bring back Brave Star too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that Brave Star uh, has a chance. Yeah, Brave Star was going to have a crossover with He-Man, but it never materialized. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, because that was made by the same people, but right, it just it never it never they could never get it together because there was another right. one of those. Let's make some action figures and sell and make a cartoon around it. coming back too next year we know the new snake eyes movie is getting ready to come out no it already came out and it hasn't been a hit so no i haven't seen much on it yet no so jay any random things that you want to plug in your your sports bombs and brews oh yeah real quick um folks you can find me 
and my good buddies Arthur Ziegler and Matt Hunter. We do a sports show called Sports Bombs and Brew, which we actually just did an episode late last week. You can find it on the Anchor app and Spotify. We're hoping to do another one soon. Um, you know, we, we do those shows, you know, together sitting around a table. So um, it's just a matter of kind of getting everybody together. But as far as the He-Man stuff, man, I, I can't wait for the second half. And Jay, Jay, the college season is about to start. So Jay's show and the NFL season about to start. And if you like knowing things about uh, fantasy football and all of that, listen to Jay and his friends in his show because they're going to take you deep inside that green iron. Oh, yeah, man. Like, we are almost a month to the day away from college football. Like, I'm going to tell you this. If you're from Georgia and you're listening to this show, and you're a real Bulldog fan, and you're not listening to Jay and his friends' podcasts, mm-hmm. Sports Bombs and Brews, you're not a real Bulldog fan. <laughs> well, that's good, because I'm not a Bulldog fan at all. So, <laughs> But, I mean, but the people from Georgia, I know you're an Alabama fan, but the people oh, yeah, from Alabama. Georgia, the people from Georgia, they're going to rally around you. Uh, they might. I don't yeah. Know. You know, we've, uh, it's been a little bit harder the past few months to get together. Because not oh really? Because not everybody in that show is a is an Alabama fan. Oh no, my no. buddy Arthur is an LSU fan, and yep. our other buddy Matt's a Florida State fan. So we yeah. we're kind of scattered. Yeah, you're scattered. You're scattered. But it's a lot of fun. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I have. I have, think I skipped the last episode. Is the only one that I'm not. I'm not caught up. Yeah, we uh we did an episode with uh, our buddy Max Miller. He's a very big hockey fan. Oh, and wow. so we got a lot, we did a lot of hockey talk, um, on this last one, but we also went over some other stuff like stuff heading into the NFL, you know, NFL training camp started this past week and, um, time to start gearing up for that. There's been all kinds of stuff going on in baseball. We touched on, uh, the NBA season just ended. We kind of touched on that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, we try to get together at least once a month, and the reason so that we only do once a month is because it gives us time for things to materialize in the sports world. Sure. Because, um, you know, when we do films and such, this stuff's already happened. Oh, yeah. So we can easily kind of jump into something. And, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we kind of, if we bunch our episodes too close together, we kind of lose steam and... So we kind of wait to see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. So you can actually get some material to talk on. Yeah, and it's but like I said, it's a lot of fun when we get together. You know, all three of us are really good friends, and so uh, hopefully we'll get another one in. Hopefully uh, next week or the week after. Well, I'll be I'll be listening. So I wanted to plug in Blood Red Sky, which is a Netflix movie. I got Netflix just because of Masters of the Universe, so I got to use it. Because <laughs> I really don't have a use for it. Yeah. But because of, I watched that movie, Blood Red Sky, and I got to tell you that this is a Die Hard on a plane. <laughs> you take the Nakatomi Plaza and trade it for a plane, and you take John McCain, McLean and, and change him for a vampire, and the, the, uh, the wife... For a, for the son of the vampire, and you got yourself Blood Red Sky. It's a great movie. I'm not doing it justice by saying this. I'm definitely gonna have to check. 
Oh, you definitely got to see it. Also, I wanted to give a big shout out to the one of the customer service representatives in Big Bad Toy Store. The Big Bad Toy Store. Her name is Jennifer. I cannot release her, her last name because it's against the policies of the show. We don't give away private information of, of uh, private citizens. But I had a, a, an error or an order that I put in and she corrected it very promptly. And it was a great service. Uh, we'll see. A lot of people are listening. We have a we have a strong fan following these days. We hey, be- it sounds cool to me. Hey, and real quick, you know, after we did our Wes Craven episode, yeah, uh, I went back and rewatched uh, the original Hills Have Eyes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's a creepy movie, man. Yeah, it is. And then I also the next night watched Shocker. Oh, I watched that one once in a while. And Shocker is really good. It is. You know? It is. Shocker is an eternal cult classic. Hey, the, I forgot I, the opening song of, and the opening titles of that movie. I don't know who sings it, but that was a badass song. Was it Alice Cooper? It may have been Alice Cooper. I can't remember. Man, it's been a while. But in yeah. uh, talking about music, we can't shut down the show without saying rest in peace to the great Dusty Hill from CC mm. Top. ZZ Top. An incredible bass player, and his sound is uh, it's a staple of rock and roll in the United States of America. Yeah, man, he was in ZZ Top for 50 years. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> when you're a kid and you listen to ZZ Top, man, you feel that you're the coolest thing in the world. Man, I mean, the only, uh, the only band that will never die is probably the Rolling Stones. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Keith, Keith Richards by himself is <laughs> an amazing feat. Oh, but, yeah. Miracle. Uh, but yeah, ZZ Top, man, they are one of those bands that, you know, um, they were really popular at one point, but then they kind of faded away, but then they kind of kept at it and developed their own following. So Yeah, like they came to a point where they were like, ah, we got our fans and we'll play for them and we'll have our own thing over here. Yeah, man, they were going tours with like Leonard Skinner and stuff, you know. Yeah. But yeah, rest in peace, my man. Um, no, it was a, a, a great American band. Oh, absolutely. And he's, he's up there now with, uh, you, you name any great rock star, he's up there right there with them, probably playing a concert, too. Oh, he's out there with Dwayne Allman. Oh, with Kurt Cobain. Um, so Jimi Hendrix. With Jimi Hendrix. Eddie Van Halen. Oh, <laughs> him and Eddie together? Yeah. They throw a concert over there? Oh my God! So Jim Jay, Morrison, yeah. Jim Morrison as the front man. Oh wow, my favorite singer. <laughs> so Jay, let's uh, send them off. It's been a pleasure, folks, this evening, and um, until the next time. What can I say? We had a, we had a blast, and me and Jay really enjoyed this Master of the Universe. So any hate Absolutely. mail, you send it to Jay Lenderman. It's like therapy for me. It's like it's like I just went to the shrink. I tell you what, it was it was funny when you uh, messaged me some t- uh, like about the middle of last week. And you're like, "Hey, after we do this Craven episode, we gotta do Masters of the Universe." I was like, and "Please, was like, oh, yeah." Yeah, yeah, you were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, I was so excited." I went in. Not only did I watch it once for my enjoyment, I watched it the second time. 
for my enjoyment again. And the third time I watched it just to take notes. I watched it twice. Wow. I've seen it three times. And I got to say that, that it is good, man. I don't see why people are hating. I really and real quick before we end it, have you watched the show Cobra Kai? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been telling people that show since it wasn't the YouTube channel. Seasons here in the past week and a half with my with my daughter and uh man that, that's a really good show. That's a really good show. Like for I, being from something from the eighties and some kind of a remake and stuff. Like they always ruin it. Like Ghostbusters and every other thing that they have touched from back in the eighties or the set late seventies, Starkey and Hutch, the Dukes of Hazzard, all that crap that they try to remake. Miami buys. Yeah, I th- they're just very detailed in their karate kid history, man. Yeah. I was I was very impressed, and I, I I mean I was a big big proponent for that show, telling everybody about it when it was in the YouTube uh, in the YouTube channel. Yep, oh, that's where I first watched it. Yeah, bro. So, that you thing. know the four four seasons has to come out later this year. So. Oh yeah, that's I mean this thing Netflix said uh, the hell with that we're getting that. I mean they're they're bringing back uh, Terry Silver so. Yeah. Um, Karate Kid 3, yeah. was, by the way, the only good part of Karate Kid 3. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the but, only good part. I would, I, I definitely agree with we'll you. We'll have to get into that in another episode. We, we're going to have to. So, folks, somewhere between good and evil, you can find me and old Jay Lenderman bringing you the tales from the abyss. So, until the next time, be safe out there.